Welcome back to the Three Technique College Football Podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. I'm Mitch Mason, bringing you another special guest episode, and this time we have one of our more unique episodes. Uh, we've gotten through all of our previews at this point, but as we mentioned, we had one conference still left to do, and that was the Mid-American Conference, the MAC, MACTION in all of its glory, and we thought who better to preview that with then the CSC pod at College Sports Pod on Twitter. They live, eat, breathe, sleep, maction. And uh, you'll hear that in this episode with AJ Ruffing, one of the duo uh, up there in uh, in the Midwest. So uh, won't preview this any further uh, other than to say head on over to Instagram and Twitter at 3TechPod uh, if you would so like to. If you don't already follow us, uh, please head over there and drop us a follow. It really helps us out, helps uh, continue to grow the podcast and help reach new listeners as football season's right around the corner. We would love to continue to grow the family as much as we possibly can. And I tell you what, you guys are doing a great job listening. The numbers grow each and every week. And, you know, it's uh, a broken record at this point, but we do appreciate it. Um, we love that uh, there are other people that uh, love college football just as much as we do and want to talk it with us each and every week. If you'd like to reach out, be a part of the show, please send us a message on Instagram, on Twitter, or write into the show as well, 3techpod at gmail.com. But without any further ado, let's get into the Maction preview with the CSC pod. All right, AJ. Well, before we fully get into this podcast, uh, the first thing that I really wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about is is your own platform, your own podcast that you guys have, the CSC podcast. Um Tell me a little bit about how that kind of got started and, and where folks can find you there. Sure. Yeah. So we started probably two now, just over, just before uh, COVID, actually. Um, myself and my uh, my wife's friend, actually, Alex, she introduced us to. I went to Ball State. He went to Toledo. And uh, we I did local radio here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, covering high school athletics. And then he got wind of that. He brought this opportunity to do the podcast. Uh, he brought it to me. Said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's try it. And uh, we did. And we've grown to be pretty good. Uh, pretty successful. We've... Uh, Made great contacts within within the conference. We uh, we go to media days. We get press passes to different games. So we're on the field talking to coaches, players, commissioner of the conference, uh, former players, um, really just anything and all things Mac. We've talked football players, basketball players, basketball coaches, golf coaches, the associate commissioner of basketball, Ricky Stokes. We've had him. We've had um, Anna Bears, who was just the uh, cross-country track coach at Akron. She just left for uh, – I she went out west to Tulsa – Somewhere out west, somewhere out west. Anyways, so we've had a wide variety of coaches and players on the show over the past two years. We've had some NFL talent, uh, some friends of mine who, who've made it to the league. We've had them on. That's always been a fun conversation. So, yeah, you can find us on our, our website, cscpodcast.com, and our Twitter, which I actually have to look up because I always forget about it. It's, uh, it, yeah, where you find us on Twitter at the CSC podcast, college sport pod, 
and then same thing on Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. So we uh, we're pretty active here now. We'll be getting into heavy heavy football as Ball State until, or Ball State and Tennessee kick off here in a few weeks. Yep. Um, we right now we're in the process of releasing our interviews for Mac Media Day. We released two last week with Coach Creighton from Eastern and then Coach Lester from Western. But we did eight interviews up there and seven coaches, one uh, athletic director. And so we got a lot of great content out of that. We got to uh, talk with the commissioner a little bit. We interviewed him on the show last year up in Detroit. Uh, this year, uh, Media Day was in, in Cleveland, which was fantastic. Um, so great, uh, great thanks to the Mac for having us up. And, uh, you know, we it's been a lot of fun. So we're going to get heavy here soon. I know Alex is doing the Ball State-Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. That's a Thursday night. And then he'll be going from there to Kentucky doing Miami of Ohio at Kentucky. And then the following week, I am doing Ball State Western. Week three, we're doing Toledo at Ohio State. And then we've got Eastern and Buffalo, I believe, at Buffalo, or excuse me, at Eastern. And then we've got a few games sprinkled in between. So we're excited for a good year of action. Uh, as you know, you know, and, and the fans know, the conference is growing like, like, like leaps and bounds every year. Yeah. Uh, and it's no different this year as well. The uh, the commissioner has stated the conference has stated the conference address at the media day, shed a great light on what's going on in the conference from as a player and administrator role. Um, so those are great things going on in the conference, and we're excited to get a part be a part of it. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff to to get to see what all y'all are doing. Um, again, that's the CSC Pod on Twitter at College Sport Pod is the handle. Head over there and follow them. Um, it's just a, a wealth of information on all things Maction. It, it really, you know, gets me excited, not just about, you know, the, the top 25 in the Big 12 and SEC country where we are, but college football all over the country, right? And, and that's what makes this game so beautiful. And that's kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, we've seen the, the landscape start to shift with all this conference realignment, with all this chasing of, of dollars and media revenue. Uh, and all, all of this speculation on you know just about every single national site about two mega conferences, maybe the future of college football and 60 teams having a chance to compete realistically every single year. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you know, the Mac is much more of a quote regional brand, right? But some of our most fun college football memories come out of this conference. So first question there. What is kind of the state of the MAC, and, and where do you see the conference ultimately existing in whatever the future of college football is? Sure. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's going to be any realignment when it comes to the conference. Uh, Commissioner Steinbrecher talked about it at Media Day. You know, there was speculation last year of a couple teams coming from Conference USA, um, Western Kentucky, or yeah, Western Kentucky was one of the programs they decided they wanted to, but um, the other program did not. So then, therefore, it didn't work out. Um, Steinbrecher mentioned that there would be conversations, but nothing in the immediate works. Um, he doesn't see anything changing anytime soon, especially when it comes to TV contracts, because that's, you know, the Maction as a whole is a huge revenue for the conference. And so they don't see, they only see that going up right now. They don't see any teams being added anytime in the next three to four years, uh, you know, after that. Because with how our alignment has gone across the country, you look at the USC's and the UCLA's coming to the Big Ten, you have Cincinnati going to the Big 12 with a host of, American conference schools, you know, that's going to take time. Um, but the Mac, you know, they're going to kind of follow suit with what other conferences are doing, but you know, you only see two, com- two major conferences right now making moves when it comes to the addition or uh, addition or subtraction of a team. Um, but yeah, see the Mac's in a great spot right now. You know, you're even on both sides of the division six and six. Um, and you have, you know, during the falls, during October, November, you have 
Tuesday, Wednesday to yourself. There's no other games on. Yeah. And so that's what the what, that's what the conference does not want to get away from because they own TV that night. And you know, whether it's 10 people in the stadium or 10,000, they own that night and everybody's watching action. Everybody loves a good Mac game to gamble on on a random Tuesday or Wednesday. Sure. And so that's really one of the big things the conference is looking into. But um, as a, for realignment or, um, you know, anything like that, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I, as far as, you know, entertainment value, and, and you spoke to this just a, a second ago with owning Tuesday and Wednesday night, once you get into the conference slate, but you know, a lot of people are worried that kind of the, the allure of college football is going away, right? As you whittle, continue to whittle down the pool that can only compete for a national championship, at least there's been a lot of speculation that this is turning into a minor league system for the NFL. With conferences like the MAC that have such a unique brand and are you know, kind of cornering the market two, week, or two days out of the week, do you see that excitement level, you know, kind of staying the same? Do you see it growing? Do you see it receding? Uh, give me a little insight on that. Yeah, it's, it's growing every year, honestly. You know, you yeah. look at having gone to a Mac school, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays were kind of based around football games. And we were tailgating in games starting at 3 o'clock for an 8 o'clock kickoff. And, you know, we, we did it. But now with a big impact in the conference is the transfer portal. There's a lot of good talent coming from SEC schools and Big Ten schools, you know, three, four-star guys who aren't playing at those levels, they're coming to the Mid-American Conference and they're playing. So that entertainment value goes up with those players. Mm-hmm. You know, you see guys like Rocky Lombardi out of NIU. He was a Michigan State transfer. He's going into his second year up there in DeKalb. He's balling out. And, you know, if he would have stayed up in, in East Lansing, nobody may know who he is. You know, he may have gotten benched or, you know, he may not make it to the next level. But him going to NIU and working with Coach Hammock, you know, he's only helping himself. And mm-hmm. not only he's a great player, but he's a great personality. We've gotten to know him and his dad over the past couple of years. And uh, you know, his dad coached at Eastern back in the day. So he knows the conference. He knows football. And Rocky's the same way. And so I think entertainment standpoint, entertainment value, it's growing. It's never been better. You know, the revenue dollars are coming in like crazy. The TV, not only is it ESPN, but games are on CBS now and, and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. they're, they're continuing to schedule those big non-conference games. You know, that's how I mentioned NIU. You know, they have Vanderbilt coming to town. They go to Kentucky. You know, Vanderbilt coming to DeKalb is huge. A couple of years ago, Toledo had Miami come to town, which is huge. Uh, Pitt goes to Western this year. That's huge. Even though Western went to Pitt and beat them at Pitt last year. You know, that's huge. And so now they're coming to uh, Kalamazoo, and Coach Luster's looking to do the same thing. But I think right now the MAC as a whole has never been better, and it can only go up from here. Because yeah. we, we, we talked about that with the commission of the conference, the uh, – being a Midwestern brand for so long now, having included Maction and, and growing that brand, you know, everybody from, from the East Coast to the West and everywhere in between knows Mid-American Conference football. And getting, and I think these guys, too, getting to the next level, you know, the the Max Crosbys of the world, the Khalil Max, the Ben Roethlisbergers, the um, my guy Willie Sneed out of Ball State, you know, those guys making an impact. You know, we talked to Coach Creighton a little bit about um, Max Crosby being an Eastern guy. He goes, I'm, I couldn't be more proud because he just signed a, close to a hundred million dollar contract. And he goes, that, that stuff like that is huge for the conference and the Khalil Max of the world, like I mentioned. And there's so many, you look down the list of players from the conference who made a huge impact in the league, the Jason Taylors, uh, who's in, who's in the hall of fame is an Akron guy. Um, so the conference is growing like crazy. And it's only going to get better. And, you know, as every year comes on, there's a new challenge. And I like to say the Mac is the most balanced conference in all of football. 
because it's not one team dominating every year. I believe the last 12 years, there's been eight or nine different conference champions. Yeah. Which is huge. You don't see that in the other conference. You don't see that in the Big Ten, the ACC, SEC, Big 12, nothing. It's always the same two or three or one even, depending on where you look at. So the conference is great. It's only going to get better from here. I, that's so true. Uh, I was looking back through the history of you know past conference champions and even just pulling up you know the standings from year to year. And I mean, it's it's a lottery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, teams get hot and teams get cold, and it makes it makes things so entertaining. I can't remember which source it was, if it was talk space, if it was front office sports, but saw a post the other day about the the overall social media impressions that conferences mm-hmm. are earning, right? And the Mac is like number five, yep. uh, as, as far as that ranking goes, you've got conferences like the Big 12 saying, hey, we need to get younger, we need to get hipper, we need to get cooler, right? It seems like the Mac has found a way to do that far and away ahead of its time, certainly mm-hmm. ahead of the other group of five conferences to where you've been able to create this national brand. What is it that the Mac has done so well over these last couple of years to draw us in and to get us to buy into Maction on a Tuesday sure. night, on a Wednesday night? Yeah, I found that stat right here. Uh, it was uh, Skull Sports. Skull Sparks tweeted it out. And, um, but yeah, when it comes to the, you know social media and the impact, we've become friends with the uh, social media people in the Mid-American Conference. We see them in every event we go to. And so they're busy. I don't know if they're interns or full-time, but they're busy. Yeah. You know, they do a fantastic job of of updating and pictures. And and it, what's interesting, too, about the American Conference and the, and the people in their offices, they make things a lot of fun. They make things a lot of interactive. They make good gifts and good videos and, and things like that. And you look at not only the conference as a whole, but individual teams. Uh, each team has a great social media team. Uh, Ball State, I just saw today, They uh, after, after the end of practice, they put a big tarp out with soap and water, and coaches and players, you know, slid across it. Then they'll tweet that out, and that's going to get engagements. And then especially when it comes to Maction, especially when you have a huge upset, like NIU beat Georgia Tech last year down in Atlanta, that, that's going to get the conference and social media people a field day to do whatever they want to take shots at the big programs, the big conferences, because they've earned that right. You know, Rocky Lombardi and the Huskies weren't supposed to go to Atlanta and win down there, but they did. And, you know, and Coach Hammock, he has that personality too. And that's one other thing, as we've, we've gotten to know these coaches, they all have a real fun personality. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've embraced it. Because a lot of these guys come from the the Mac. Hammock's a Mac guy. Uh, Lester's a Mac guy. Coach New is a Mac guy. You know, you can go down the list. A lot of them. Coach Candle, he grew up in Ohio, uh, Mount, Mount Union, but you know, he grew up in the in Ohio. He grew up in the area, so he understands it. Um, so they they've embraced it. They've really just kind of taken the ball and ran with it. And conference and everybody from top to bottom when it comes to social media stats, things like that, they do a fantastic job of it. And, and you talked about their fifth or fourth or fifth right now in, in, in engagement, and that's only going to get bigger too because, like I said, we talked about Maction. That's the only game on TV. No other conference, no other school is tweeting about anything that night mm-hmm. but the Mid-American Conference. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember last year uh, in my previous stop as um, an associate athletic director at, at the uh, a Division II school in San Antonio – took a lot of lessons from the Mac when I was in charge of, of everything digital content, realizing, hey, like they've got kind of their own formula that's working really well. How can I mm-hmm. learn from and harness some of these things? Um, so yeah. ma- massive tip of the cap to their social media crew. Um, well, let's do this. Let's get into some of the previews uh, yeah. for this conference. Uh, again, like you said earlier, at times on a year-to-year basis, it is wide open. But 
we asked you and some of your followers on Twitter as well, kind of who you thought maybe the favorite would be, at least a, a team that should be in the top 25 if you were to place one there. And you guys talked about Northern Illinois. So let's start there in the West. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about Rocky Lombardi. He's coming back. Uh, are, are the Huskies the favorite to, to win the West and then maybe even win the MAC? I think so. Right now, the way they beat Kent State last year, you know, they beat a 41-23. We were up there for that game. And, you know, that was a great quarterback battle between Dustin Crum of NIU, who's the Kansas City Chiefs now, or excuse me, with Kent State, who's with the Kansas City Chiefs now, and then uh, Rocky Lombardi. You know, that game, Rocky, last year, I should say, Rocky Lombardi went, he threw, completed 58.3% of his passes for over 2,500 yards. And they, excuse me, and so he has a really good grasp of the offense. You know, Coach Hammock is a great coach. We were up there for the spring showcase. Saw Rocky a little bit. He didn't play a whole lot, but he was able to make every throw. He made every read in the backfield. Um, but, you know, this year he's going to have great talent around him, especially at the wide receiver position. Because we talked to Coach uh, Hammock at the spring practice and at the end of uh, the MAC championship, and they had 70-some freshmen on that team last year. Now, COVID gave everybody that year, that title. Right. He had 71 or 72 freshmen labeled, either redshirt or true freshmen. And this year he has a lot of sophomores who have played going into their second or third year right now. COVID gave you, gives you an extra year. Mm-hmm. And so he has a lot of young talent on that team. And so I think, you know, Tucker Cole, Trayvon Rudolph, they're going to be huge. There's going to be a lot of battle for that third wide receiver position. You have uh, uh, Travis Messiah and Fabian McRae. They're going to be really interesting. Um, but defensively, Coach Hammock was this dude cannot talk enough about James Esther. He is excited for him at nose tackle. Uh, he's a big kid, young, talented kid, redshirt sophomore, I believe. And he had nothing but high praise for him. And he, we talked about, you know, what are, who are some young guys we need to look at. He was one of the guys who he pointed out first mm-hmm. uh, with his development this offseason, what he's done to solidify that starting role. Um, but, you know, it, it all starts with the quarterback. And that's a big story of the conference this entire season. There's probably four or five schools, maybe six, that already have an established QB. Outside of that, there's a lot of quarterback battles. But Northern Illinois is very lucky in the sense that they have Rocky at the helm. He threw for, like I said, 2,500 yards last year, 15 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. Uh, and on the final drive, uh, what we talked about the Georgia Tech game, it was 11-17 for 136 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, I should say. And so uh, there's really no reason, no doubt in my mind, that they should end up back in Detroit this year. We look at their first four games of the season. Uh, like I mentioned, Vanderbilt coming to town. They go have uh, Eastern Illinois. Tulsa and Kentucky, there's no reason why they shouldn't be three and one, if not four and oh in that stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, all they can beat all four of those teams. You know, that game at Kentucky is gonna be tough. It's an SEC crowd, I get that, but there's still really they have every every chance to be four and going into week five. Interesting. All right. Well, early candidate for a, a, a certainly a group of five, you know, upset to to watch mm-hmm. for. I think that's gonna be a really fun game. And certainly hope that people, you know, outside of the Mac don't don't overlook that contest because I think it has mm-hmm. a a chance to be really explosive on defense for Northern Illinois last season. The the big play bit them quite a bit. Uh, no right, that, that was what they struggled with. When it comes to taking that step forward defensively this year, is that something that's attainable through returning veterans? Is it you know maybe a change in scheme? What's what's the solution there for the Huskies? Um, I don't think it had to really change much. It's the fact they had a lot of young guys. Yeah, you know they had a lot of young talent who didn't have a ton of experience who had played here and there. You know, you, you have a shortened COVID year, the year prior. You, know, you come into last year, for a lot of those freshmen, it was their first true full season, going through an entire camp and going through an entire offseason. And, you know, it's it's a grind. The, the Mid-American Conference is a grind. We talked to Coach Lester about that. When you get into 
you know, into conference play and you play those Tuesday and Wednesday games, you talked about that schedule. It's not easy. It's not, it's not easy transition. Like in the NFL, those guys go from Sunday to play on Thursday. You know, it's very similar in this conference. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, but when it comes to you know, talking about scheme, I don't think it's so much schematics. I think it's just youth. You know, you look at their their depth chart there. It's a lot of redshirt sophomores and juniors. Yeah. You know, but a lot of these guys, these guys have playing time. But a lot of these guys are going their true, their second true full season. And so I think, you know, defensive back wise, you know, Eric Rogers, CJ Brown, Jordan Hassan, uh, Jordan Grady is cornerback. You know, they'll, they'll be all right. Yeah. And, you know, they had a grind of a schedule last year because the West – was really competitive up until the final final week or two. So they really had to grind it out, and they did. They did just enough to go shut down Dustin Crum uh, in the MAC championship, who Dustin Crum at the time was probably the best quarterback in the conference. Sure. Well, let's go to another team that at least last year, I, I don't know that a team finished on a better winning streak than the Central Michigan Chippewas, yeah. right? And behind probably the best running back in, uh, in the conference and Lou Nichols, one of the best running backs in the country, maybe that some people have never heard of. Yep. A lot of momentum uh, for the chips coming into this season. Do you see them as, as kind of that, that first challenger to NIU? Is it Toledo? Uh, give me a little bit of, of a preview there for central Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I like central, just the simple fact of Daniel Richardson and Lou Nichols, you know, they lose uh, Khalil Pippleton to the, to the NFL who, I mean, last year Pippleton put up 960 yards and four touchdowns. He was a threat just like Lou was. But, yeah, I mean, Lou had 2,600 yards on the ground, 24 touchdowns. Richardson, he threw, he completed 64% of his passes. And so he's the guy we had uh, <clears throat> Coach McElwain on at Media Day last year. And talk about a character. This dude is interesting. We didn't get a chance to talk to him this year. He fell ill uh, a day or two before Media Day, so couldn't make it. Um, but, yeah, Central Michigan, they're going to be a problem. You know, like coming off a bowl win, you know, and to have the hectic schedule they did last year from the Barstool Sports Bowl being canceled, having to get on a plane, fly to El Paso, Texas, and play Wazoo in the Tony the Tiger Bowl mm-hmm. and not have any, you know, scouting report on Wazoo at the time. And so they just kind of had to, you know, go for it, and they did, and they won. <laughs> you know, and, and that doesn't happen very often. But if you have three key players like they did, you know, Pippleton, Nichols, and Richardson, and Richardson didn't play the entire season. You know, he came in towards the latter end and just lit it up, and I don't see why he can't do it again this year. What's what's a team that you think, if there is somebody in the West, maybe to play, whether it's spoiler, whether it's to overachieve, who who would you identify there in the West? And in the West, it's going to be interesting. You know, you look at – you're kind of looking at the Central, Eastern, NIU, Toledo, Western – there's a lot of quarterback battles in there. Ball State has a quarterback battle. Uh, Toledo, I mean, they're settled on Daquan Finn. Uh, you know, he can play when he's good, he's good. Mm-hmm. But Western has a quarterback battle. NIU, we, we talked about, they're settled. And, and CMU here now as well. You know, Toledo and Daquan Finn, they're going to push that West, I think. You know, he, he, he's a quarterback who can run, he can run it and he can throw it. Uh, and, you know, especially in this conference, you know, he kind of came in towards the later end of the, oh, he played a little bit early on and then sat a little bit and then came back and played. But, I mean, he, he was pretty close to beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, if, no if they're a couple turnovers away, we talked about that with Coach Candle at Media Day. You know, they led the country in turnovers, Toledo did. And that was a stat that he was not proud of and didn't want to talk about very much. So we, yeah. we kept it very short with him. <laughs> you know, Daquan, he completed 57% of his passes, throwing us over 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns. He also ran over 500 yards with uh, nine rushing scores. You know, leaving having the loss of Brian Kobach is huge. 
know, he was a weapon out of the backfield. But I think that, you know, they're going to be able to adjust. And I can see Toledo making it a run, uh, a run in the West. Toledo has four offensive line starters back uh, yep. this season. Winning, winning the war in the trenches is is so important across the country to playing winning football. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you know you kind of identify for Toledo? Is all right. Hey, if they do go on a run, if they do start to put up a lot of points on offense and, and assert their will, is the offensive line going to be a critical X factor there? Huge. You know, you have a quarterback who's mobile and and, and he's good in the pocket. You have to protect him somehow. And so, you know, Toledo, you know, not only last year did they lead, lead uh, in turnovers, but, you know, you're going to have to protect your quarterback. You know, Daquan Quinn, he was 140, 144 of 250 last year. Mm-hmm. It's not bad numbers. But then you look at Kobach, he had 1,400 yards on the ground. Daquan Finn had 105 yards or 501 yards rushing. You know, so they had 2,553 yards on the ground. So I think if Toledo's going to win this year and, and push in the, in the West like we think they can, they're going to have to dominate in the trenches, like you talked about, to open up that run game. Because, I mean, he was, they had, what, less than a thousand yards difference between passing and rushing. They're going to have to get that run game available. And, you know, Coach Creighton mentioned it too. They have to get the running game going. And it's going to be the same thing with Coach Candle in Toledo. You know, you look at the record from last season across the, the West, and every single team ball eligible, right? Ball State. Finished six and seven with a quote unquote worst record, but they're in the middle of the conference. There is that something that that you see is possible again in the West. Uh, do you think everyone's going to be you know kind of that same level of competitiveness, or do you start to maybe see a little bit of uh, spreading out there? Mm-hmm. I think in the West this year is not going to be as close as last year. You know, you look at you know Western had a Caleb LB at starting quarterback. Ball State had Drew Plitt, who's in Cincinnati now. You know, Eastern Michigan, they lost – I can't think of his name, but he transferred back to Cincinnati this year. And so I really think that Central, NIU, and maybe Toledo kind of push those top three positions. But it really just depends, too, on on the quarterback play of these younger guys. You know, Ball State's got a crazy quarterback in John Paddock, uh, a com- competition there. You know, he's been in the program, but he hasn't played. He sat behind Drew Plitt. And that, you know, he's had to wait his turn. And then you see the thing with uh, – you know, Western, you're replacing Caleb LB with Jack Slowback, Stone Hollenbeck, who's a uh, Alabama transfer, and Marion Habrowski, who's in as a freshman. So there's going to be a quarterback battle there. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see, but I definitely see a set, more of a separation this year than last. Sure. All right, well, let's go over to the East, and I'm not going to start at the top because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, everybody starts at the top. I want to start at the bottom of the division over in the East, Akron. Uh, they are going through a rebrand. They've been working on their field. They are trying to spruce up the yeah. optics of this program as ultimately they head into a new era. What do you expect from Akron in 2022? And, and ultimately, where can you realistically see this program building towards three years down the line, five sure. years? Era? That's tough. You know, Akron has been in a uh, – like they feel like they've been in a rebuild for ten years, really. Yeah. You know, they start off the season with St. Francis, Pennsylvania, then they go to Michigan State, then they go to Tennessee, then they go to Liberty, then they start um, the conference play against BG. You know, DJ Irons, the red shirt junior quarterback. You know, he has moments. He has moments of being a really good quarterback, but then there's moments of where he, you know, he struggles mm-hmm. and and struggles heavily. 
know, they brought in a new coach this year, Coach Moorhead, who was the offensive coordinator at Oregon the past few seasons, uh, or excuse me, past two seasons. Yep. And so, you know, last year, Irons started or played eight games. So he started three of them. He passed for 892 yards. Completing, he was 78 of 120 completion wise. He was all, but the your quarterback can't be your second leading rusher, and he was the second leading rusher. Yeah. You know that's that's tough. Um, but you know Akron, you look at that non conference we talked about. You know Tennessee's going to love the MAC this year with Ball State and and Akron there. But you know you look at Michigan State, Liberty; those are always so, really good programs. I can't see Akron coming out any better than one and three in those first four games. It's going to be tough because I mean, those first three of those four are on the road mm-hmm. at Liberty, at Tennessee, and at Sparty. So you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're not really going to know a lot about Akron until they get into conference play because in, in the grand scheme of things, conference it doesn't really matter until they get to the conference, especially in the Mid American Conference. Sure. And so those first few games are they're money games. You know, we've, we've talked to coaches about that. They know they know what it's about. You know, you might yeah. get that upset. You you might get that NIU versus. Georgia Tech and win, which is great. It's fantastic for the conference. It's great for everybody. But those first few games, the Michigan States, the Tennessees, you know, those those are money games, and, and coaches know that, and programs know that because that's huge. And without those things, the the, the programs wouldn't run. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's really going to be. I think it's going to take a lot of work from Coach Moorhead and his staff to when you get a chance to speak with him at media day. He was, you know, being in Cleveland, Akron's not that far, so you know, media was really wanting to talk to him about his his year. Um, but, you know, they're going to win some games. They'll win more than they did last year. We'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, two and 10, not, not a, uh, a very lofty ceiling. Despite the record, whatever the record ends up being, what are kind of things that, whether you're an Akron fan or just a, a fan of the Mac, that you can kind of measure success by with Akron that don't involve wins and losses? Sure. I think if they're competitive, you know, if they're, if they're not getting blown out, you know, if they if they hold their own against you know not only the two power fives they play, but if they hold their own against a Central or a Kent or even Miami Ohio, if they're not getting you know if they're keeping games close in the fourth quarter, I think that's huge. That's a huge step for Coach Moorhead being in his first year. You know, he's been at Akron Ford as, as an assistant back in the day. Mm-hmm. So he knows the program. He knows the conference. He knows what it's about. Um, but as long as they can stay competitive and not get blown out, you know, and and you know be resting their players and giving the, you know the bench players time in the fourth quarter. If they're not doing that, then I think it's a huge that's a huge success for for Akron and a huge win. Another team that really struggled last season was Buffalo. And the reason yeah. why I'm interested in Buffalo is obviously Coach Mo Linguist, the head coach up there, uh, has Texas AM ties where I went to school. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've hit a rut, no, no doubt about it, but the transfer portal continues to be, you know, big, like you talked about with uh, the conference as a whole. What's what's Buffalo's outlook in in your estimation? Sure, I mean you know they're replacing quarterback in Kyle Van Trees. He transferred to Georgia Southern, which is a bit was was a bit of a surprise too. You know he had a lot of a lot of success at Buffalo. No you know two years ago he took them to the MAC championship that they lost to Ball State. You know that James Patterson was unhealthy, so you kind of you know take that for what it's worth because that was the year he had like two thousand yards and was just running over every he had like well three hundred yards in one game or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That was fun to watch. Yeah, well, yeah, that was, I can't remember who that was against either, but that was, the dude was incredible. But, you know, you're replacing Van Trees. You know, the, the rumor is and saying now is uh, Matt Myers is going to take over. You know, you've, Van Trees last year uh, started 10 games, two, uh, 1,800 yards passing, eight touchdowns. You also rushed for 115 yards and three scores. You know, 
that's going to, coach linguist is going to have, he's going to have a battle, you know, and, and that's just how it is in Buffalo. And it's unfortunate because Buffalo is a great program. And, you know, their coach left a couple of years ago to uh, Kansas. He went to Kansas. Yeah. And so, you know, after coming off what they did, but defensively, I think Buffalo is going to be stout. Jarrett Patterson or James Patterson back there. Um, I think they're going to be very stout. Um, they have players who, who have been in the program. Again, this is the kind of recurring theme in the conference this year is you have, a lot of these teams have young players mm-hmm. and a lot of guys who have played. And so I think if, if Buffalo is going to be competitive this year, they're going to lean heavily on their defense. Offensively, it's going to take a little bit, you know, to kind of get a new quarterback broken in and, and get the system down. But, you know, you look at their non-conference schedule, they start at Buffalo and they host Holy Cross at Coastal Carolina, which would be a really tough game. Sure. Coastal Carolina is really tough. And then they go right into the conference at Eastern. They only, they only have three non-conference games this year. Um, but, yeah, I think if Buffalo's defense can hold their own, uh, they're going to have a shot to be competitive at the end of the year. Now you're talking to a defensively-minded guy, so I, I like to hear that. I, I definitely root for Buffalo, um, so, so at least some encouragement there. Sure, like absolutely. You know, and it's going to – you know, Coach Linguist inherited a really good football program. Sure. A really good program, and you know he's lost a lot of good talent. You know, like I mentioned, you know, Van Trees was a surprise that he transferred. I mean, he had a, he had things rolling up there. Mm-hmm. If he was, if he would have stayed, I'd have a little more confidence in them. But I think like we talked about defense. I think it's going to be heavily defense, and that's kind of the theme of the MAC conference this year as a whole. How how balanced do you think this offense is going to have to be with? A new quarterback, right? I mean, anytime you're installing a, a, a new play caller, you always assume that the running game has to be at least somewhat of a strength. But how does Buffalo stack up there in the backfield after, you know, I mean, look, they've, they've been very productive in years past. Obviously, Jared Patterson uh, raised that bar. What, what can you expect in 2022 there? You know, they had uh, a thousand yard rusher last year and Dylan McDuffie, you know, he, Excuse me, 200 carry, 206 carries for 1,049 yards. Uh, his longest was 58 yards, and he had 11 scores. You know, you look at their their rushing last year. They had 2,346 yards on the ground. You know, Kevin Marks. I can't believe. I don't know if he's still there. No, he's a, he's a, he's in the NFL with the Chargers now. So they lose a lot of talent there, but they have guys who can move the ball. And you know, he's going to have a tr- Eastern Michigan transfer, uh, Quan Williams, to throw it to this year. He started all 12 games last year uh, at Eastern, and so it's going to be really interesting to see. This is, this is Quan Williams' second year. Excuse me. He had 64 reception, receptions for 834 yards last year and two scores. Um, so as long as he can get his receivers, offensive line can hold, and they can establish somewhat of a running game, I think they'll be all right. Well, all right. Let's go to the top of the conference then. Uh, Kent State, Miami of Ohio finished uh, 1-2 on the East last yeah. season. And depending on which preview you read uh, – <laughs> It's a coin toss on who could win the Eastern side of the division. So, you know, the, the last one that I read, Athlon Sports, has Miami of Ohio as their pick to win that. Uh, agree, disagree, who, who do you have coming out of the East? East is going to be tough. You know, you, I'm looking at Kent State right now and looking at their non-conference schedule. They have prob- they, they have the hardest non-conference schedule in, in football, maybe, honestly. <laughs> it's at Western, at Oklahoma, and they're at Georgia week four. That's a grind. Yeah, you know the West Coast travel, so that's a time change. It's a ten thirty kickoff here. Then they go down to Athens. Then they go to Norman or yeah. Norman Week Two. So that's going to be a grind. But Coach Lewis, you know, 
he's a coach who'll he'll find himself in a uh, power five program here really soon. And they're, they're also another team that kind of has a, a quarterback battle. You know, they, we mentioned, uh, excuse me, uh, Dustin Crum earlier, you're replacing a quarterback who's with the Kansas city chiefs who had a phenomenal career. You know, it's, that's not going to be an easy task. If he was a, uh, First, just two-time first-team All-Mac. He had 7,400 yards throwing in his career, 55 touchdowns. You know, a quarterback who's probably going to replace him is Colin Sheely, who hasn't seen a lot of time. You know, he's he's a guy who's sat behind Crum. Um, you know, it's going to be really inter- interesting to see how he transitions. You know, we talked about that non-conference schedule for Kent. It's going to be important that they win out in the con- in regular conference play. Yeah, I mean, that's really I see them. The only way they make it to Detroit is if they win out in the conference because you know even their conference schedule is tough I mean, they host ohio week one or worst conference game they go to miami of ohio for the second conference game in toledo akron ball state my uh, bg eastern and buffalo so they have a grind especially net east is going to be a, a battle this year and i think in order for kent to win it they're going to have to win outright yeah things get real very quickly uh for yeah. kent state and i think they even earned a uh, big nod from the sickos committee over on Twitter, just for the repeated lashings that they might be signing up to take. And, sure. and, and you know, somebody else is going to be huge for them is staying healthy. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at those first, you know, you have an sec, you have a pac 12, and then you have a uh, big 12. You have to stay healthy. You have to keep everybody healthy, especially playing in an environment like that. You're playing. Yeah. You're a big boy at Kansas state, but you're even bigger when you go to Oklahoma or Georgia and play the defending national champions. They're ranked in the country. So as long as they keep everybody healthy, I think they'll be okay, but they're going to have to win. They're, they're not going to be able to afford a conference loss. Yeah. Um, well, so sounds like you've got Northern Illinois coming out of the West. Mm-hmm. You could you could make a case for Kent State, Miami of Ohio, depending on what Kent State does uh, in, in their non-conference play. What do you see as the, the ceiling of, of the conference this year. Like when we look back at, at the Mac, uh, what is going to be kind of the overriding storyline? What's going to be something that we all remember from Mac football in 2022? I think that we're going to have an, a, a big power five upset. I really do. You know, you look at, I'm looking at the Miami of Ohio schedule right now. Uh, Miami goes to Kent state week one. They play Cincinnati at Paul Brown stadium week three, which we'll be at, which I'm excited about. Uh, but, you know, Miami of Ohio, they go to Northwestern week four. They can beat Northwestern. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked to Coach Chuck Martin at Media Day, and he is pumped. And he we, he talked a lot about his quarterback uh, and Gabbert, Brett Gabbert. He goes, he's one of the toughest kids I've ever been around. He can make throws, but he can also stand in the pocket. And if he gets hit, he can take a hit. And so I really, you know, it's one of those weird years. Uh, but in the East, I really can see if Kent State doesn't pull it out, I can see Miami of Ohio pulling it out. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a storyline in itself because they've been down a little bit. They, they lose Jack Sorensen to the NFL, who was a freaking da- freak of, of nature, really. I mean, the dude put the ball in his hands. He could do anything. But, you know, you kind of look over the overall here. I'm really interested in the storylines and quarterback play for the for Western and for some of these other programs. But I'm really looking forward to that Power 5 beat. Now, it could be Western beating Pitt. At Western, that could happen again. It happened last year at Pitt. It can happen very easily again this year. You know, you look at B- BG's non-conference schedule. They go to the Rose Bowl. What a great one that would! Now, I think that's a story in itself. BG go, being a historic program the way they are, playing in a historic venue like the Rose Bowl. I think that's huge. 
And then they play Marshall week three, a former Mac foe, which is awesome. Then they go to Mississippi State. You know, so every team has a non-conference schedule where they're, I don't think they're going to be blown out every game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be – there's some games – some games they will. It just happens. But there's some upsets brewing here. And, you know, once we get into that week two, week three, especially after week two, I think, guys having played, you know, gotten that first hit out of the way, we're going to see an upset or two. It's going to be the storyline like it is every year. I think that's what people love about the Mid-American Conference is that there's going to be an upset. It's bound to happen. It's just a matter of when and where and who, who it's against. No doubt. That's certainly why I think the, the majority of us, if we're not already Mac fans, tune in is to see those upsets. And mm-hmm. you know, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's the spice of college football. That's what makes uh, at least me tune in every mm-hmm. single week. I mean, I, I love the, the front runners, uh, of course, but I love the storylines that, that get painted every single week in college football even more. Yeah. And uh, we talked about the growth of the conference. Having those storylines is huge. Yep. That's how you grow the conference, you know. Like I just pulled up Eastern schedule here, for example. They play Eastern Kentucky, then go to Louisiana and Arizona State. They're home for Buffalo, and then they host UMass. Yeah, those are some winnable games against the Power Five schools. Arizona State's not the biggest program. Sure. Now, granted, they played eleven o'clock PM our time, you know, eight o'clock theirs. But nevertheless, Coach Creighton can go out to Eastern. He's been he's been at Eastern now nine years. He can go to Arizona State and win. You know, there's no question about it, and he has a good chance. I mean, I'm looking at the. I kind of like to like compare the, the spreads now to the game game week and see how they change and whatnot. You know, Eastern Michigan right here, I don't know if they have lines out quite yet. I mean, the projector is 95% Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. A lot of money lines not out yet. Over-unders not out yet. But nevertheless, it will be here the next week or two. I'm really curious to see how that changes from preseason, the week before the preseason starts to to game week. Maybe the most electric conference in the country. Maction is here to stay. Uh, We love it. You love it. If you don't love it yet, get on board because it's a ton of fun. AJ, uh, appreciate the time. Uh, As always, this this was an absolute blast. I'm sure we'll get to do this again very, very shortly. Find him, uh, the CSC pod, at College Sport Pod on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. Just an electric follow over there. Really excited to get connected with you, record this, and uh, appreciate the time. Not a problem. Yeah, we'll do it again, I'm sure. We mentioned we, uh, we're we getting out our uh, interviews with coaches and athletic directors here in the next coming weeks. So we're kind of using those to lead up to the season. Perfect. So we have uh, Coach Lester and Coach Creighton out now. Those are fun conversations. I believe we're going to have a few out this week. I'm not sure exactly who yet. Um, but we have a lot of good interviews, a lot of good insight with Coach Martin and uh, Coach New, uh, Coach Leffler at BG. And it's funny because Alex is a Toledo guy, so it was always fun talking BG and whatnot. But go to our website as well, collegesportspod.com, and we have pictures from Media Day and coach pictures with coaches and who we talk to and you know during the conversation, post conversation, and stuff like that. So go check it out. They're also on our Instagram, so it's it's always fun to check it out. And we actually hired my wife to do all of our photography, so it works out great. There you go, family exactly. connection. Run, Absolutely. run, family. AJ, appreciate the time, man. We will yeah. talk soon. Have a fun enjoyable start to the season off season talking season it's almost behind us hey it's starting to pick up now isn't it here in two weeks we uh, will be non-stop and looking forward to it well there he goes aj ruffin of the csc pod special thanks again to him for stopping by thanks so much to you as well for listening to this special episode of the three technique until next time so long everybody mm-hmm.